Shkayach. It is a tremendous covet for me to be here tonight. And I have to tell you that I speak everywhere. You know, I speak from all kind of audiences from all around the world and uh, all ages. And I must tell you, I have never been given a talk like this evening. Never. And I will tell you how, because I, as I was preparing, I, I had to cancel some things that I usually have in the evening. And, uh, and uh, I said, I, I, you know, what can I do? I, I have a talk tonight. So people ask me about the talk. So, okay, so before I begin, I have to do the following. Um, Noah Orlowick, who was my Rebbe, when I learned in Israel the first time in 1970, and uh, he was talking my Bikiyas Rebbe, and um, I don't want, I don't want him, anyone to know how old he is. It sounds like me, it, it doesn't help. But um, I'm just avoid maturing, so I don't have a problem. But uh, uh, so Rebbe says, you can't call yourself a Rav unless whatever you say you can, you can tell to the Pashta Shavuah. So one person says, Big Day Kahuna. <laughs> Big Day Kahuna. So, the Gemara in Erech and Zayin tells us that all of the Big Day Kahuna were mechaper on different chatoim. And it goes through all the different chatoim. The Ksainis is Shvichas Damim, and the Mechnasayim is Erevah. And it goes through all the different Averis. And it says the Me'il is mechaper on Lashon The Malbim has Ramoze Big Day Kahuna on Parshish Tetzavah. And he explains how everything works. And he says, how does the me'il make up for it? So he says, the me'il is made all of tcheles. Tcheles is very expensive. Tcheles was, was measured like gold. It was extremely expensive to produce. And uh, it was a beggar that was all made out of tcheles. And you had to take, it says, you know, the piv of the beggar and make it stronger. And on the bottom, you put pa'amon v'rimon. Right, bells and little rimonim that you'd bang into, little balls that bang into and make the noise. Dovashim ashmiya kol, so got mechaper kol. So says the Malbim, how does it work? It says when you put on a beged that's this choshev, then you understand that you're somebody very choshev. That's pshat. When you rear meil, this is a beged that's meyuchad only for chashuvim. That's the lotion of the Malbim. He says, and how do the bells ring? Only with Bozal Kodesh, when you go into the Kodesh, or when it bangs into a Rimon. What's a Rimon? Yeah, a Rimon is filled with Taryag uh, seeds, like a Yid is filled with Taryag mitzvahs. Which means the only noise that the Me'il makes is when you go into the Kodesh, and when it bangs into a Rimon. How could a person speak Lashon if I'm, I understand how choshev I am. I remember seeing a sign many years ago. It says, important people talk about ideas. Average people talk about things. Small people talk about other people. Yeah? How can I say, I'm going to speak Lashon I'm so choshev. Did you say a choshev? I'm going to My whole big of you know? And you hear those bells? They bang into Rimonim. I'm somebody choshev. When a person understands that they're choshev, then there's no way that a person's going to do something small and petty. Now there's a, there's a problem that everybody knows. And that is, a rub will get up in shul on Shabbos morning, and he'll give a little drush about intermarriage and assimilation. And who are you talking to? A bunch of from Yidnu sitting in shul. <laughs> 
davening on a Shabbos morning. It doesn't apply to them. But you've got to talk to somebody. <laughs> the people you want to talk to are not going to come. There's a neighborhood in Yerushalayim where there are a lot of young couples from Chuslart. And, uh, and they, um, a person came over to me and said that the Rav of the Shechuna wants you to come and give a shir. So I said, uh, what about? And he told me some things that were going on over there that nishpashit, as they say. <laughs> it was serious things. I said, but I already give a shear in the neighborhood on a regular basis. He says, the only people who come to shiurim are mevakshim. We want you to talk to the people who don't want to come to a shear. So I'm sitting in a base medrash, literally out the door with people who've come to hear and be mechazek on an Indian that we have to understand. So somebody says to me, oh, you're speaking tonight, what about? I said, uh, you know about, about smartphones. He says, what? In Yerushalayim? There are people who have iPhones and internet. And I said, no, no, no. Chas v'shalom. Everybody understands the, the dangers of it. I thought you think I'm coming to speak about that. Chas v'shalom. I do speak about that. I speak about that in a lot of places. In front places. As a yeshiva man. In a very chosh of a yeshiva. I won't mention its name unless he really, really pushed me. But... Uh, Somebody said to me, you know, I, I have these, I have my Mishmeris, uh, Mishmeris Aloshan is from three to five. I, I don't speak Aloshan ever. Call me after five. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he's a Chashmi Yeshiva. And he says, when I was in high school in America, I wanted internet. I wanted to see the sports. I wanted this, whatever I wanted. So I said to my father, I want to get internet in my room. I want to be able to watch sports and stuff before I go to sleep. So my father says, okay, you're a Yeshiva Bacha. I expect you to act like a Ben Torah. I'll get to the internet, but I expect you to act properly. I said, what do you... So I said, so what happened? He said, every night I looked at cold Dvarami Surim. What do you think? You know, you put, you put this stuff in front of me and there's nobody watching and I know nobody's going to check up on me. What, what do you think I'm going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? You know, there's nobody checking up on me. You know... As somebody who was teaching in a city in America, I can't say the town. I used to say the town, and people from the town got very upset at me that I was being uh, mercy laws on their towns. I won't mention the town. Yeah, Call me after five. But anyway, so uh, he says, I was at a parent teachers conference. And I say, the mother and the father came. And I said to the mother, I said, uh, does, uh, does your son have a curfew? He says, yeah. He says, can he sleep out at night? He says, sure. He says, do you ever call to see whether or not he's where he's supposed to be? He says, I don't want to break his trust. He says, okay. Um, you, uh, you bought him a car? He says, yeah, the transportation's not good around here. You gave him a credit card? He says, yeah, he's got to buy gas and things, you know. Do you ever check the bills to see where he goes? He says, no, I, I would break his trust. Did you give him cash? He says, yeah. So uh, sometimes, you know, they don't take a credit card, he needs cash. Do you ask him to give an accounting? He says, no. So he turns to the father. And he says, you're a 17-year-old boy. You've got your own car, credit card, and cash. You can stay out as late as you want, and no one's going to check up on you. Where would you be? I won't tell you what the father answered, but the mother slapped him. So just to give you an idea. <laughs> what does it mean when there's no, you know, when there's no hashkocha? I was in a major city in the United States, and uh, one of the most choshava malamdim, one of us, Choshev in the city, who is beloved, 
a chassidusha, came over to me and he was crying and crying inconsolably. He got involved in the, in the schmutz on the internet and he doesn't know how to get off it. He doesn't know what to do. And his mom is broken, he's broken. I see this for myself. A friend of mine was a Rav in Passaic. And Matasiel Solomon came to speak from Lakewood, the Mashiach of Lakewood, uh, about the internet. And he said to the Rabbanim, he says, it's too late, we lost. You hear? We lost. And he says, Kokoris don't work, and Isurim don't work, nothing works. All we can do at this point is pick two or three families in each one of our shuls and try to save them. Because the, the, the whole world is for Fala. We've lost everything. And, and you know what he said? An amazing thing. He says, not because of the schmutz. This is an amazing thing. Not because of the schmutz. Because of the blogs. Those of you who don't know what a blog is, anybody today gets himself a little website and he darshins. Whatever he wants to say. Those people used to sit in the back of the mikvah and mach Isaac, and now they have a website. <laughs> Back of the mikvah.com, you know what I mean? And they sit there and they dash in and they machizik of Gedoli Torah and they machizik of Torah and they machizik of everything. And you think, you know, who's reading this? I have met 10 people personally in the from community. Some of them are Marbite Torah. Some of them are sitting and learning yeshiva who told me, I'm not a mammon anymore. I don't believe in anything. I sat on these blogs. I read all their late sadas, a little bit of the chayzik, and, and I, I can tell you, I lost all my amuna. That's what Matas says is the worst part. So I have to go and talk places about the internet. It's a serious thing. No, I wasn't asked to come and speak about that. That's not why I'm here. So, so what are you speaking about? He says, well, you know, we're talking about kosher smartphones and base measures. Because what people are talking on the base measures on their phones? Chas v'shalom. Oh, nobody asked me to come speak about that. Chas <laughs> v'shalom. Anybody would speak on a phone on a base measures? Who knows how serious that is? My gosh. All right, we say a special mishaberach for people who don't talk in shul after 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 there is tachvatat because they said it came about because we spoke in shuls. The best was going to walk into a shul once because I can't get in the door because everybody was talking and it's all it's all stuck in the shul. I can't I can't walk in the door. Somebody asked the Baba Sali, how come the Svardim weren't killed in the Shoah in the Holocaust? He says because we don't talk in shul. So he said. So that people are talking about, talking about, talking on phones. It's, no, we're not talking about that. So the person said to me, so what are you speaking about? I'm speaking about a base madrash where over 400 people signed that they don't want people to talk on their kosher smartphones in the hallway. He said, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> Society is falling apart. There's so many problems. Problem after problem. No, if you don't believe me, read the Mashpacha. Every week, another crisis is happening. People are falling by the wayside. Diseases no one ever heard of is taking place. You know, Just on and on. Everything is going on. And this is the problem. I'm speaking to the Mavakshim tonight. I'm speaking to a room full of people who came to hear Divrei Chizik about talking on a kosher smartphone in the hallways of the base Medrash. I must tell you, never in my life could I have anticipated that I would be asked to speak about this? You know? But I want to, I'm, I'm going to say something that's obvious. And if, if the people here are speaking understand what I'm saying, then Mistama, you weren't born here. Yeah? 
It could be you don't understand what I'm saying. You just came because you heard that I'm funny and you figured, you know, here's a chazaka. <laughs> Somebody told me that once at one of my talks and I told a joke and everybody's laughing. And the guy says to a guy next to him, he goes, I don't get it. He says, neither do I. <laughs> like, but I have a chazaka. It must be funny. So they understand it's a chisarin in them. <laughs> but Mustafa, if you understand what I'm saying, you probably weren't born here. Why does anybody move here? I know because of the warm, friendly people. No, I don't think that's it. Because of the wonderful weather. Either we have winds blowing through the mountain, you know, you, you, after a storm you walk down the street and it's just a, a graveyard of broken umbrellas <laughs> all blown away. There's no umbrella. I bought a titanium umbrella with flaps inside of it from America and my daughter came back with it inside out. That's a wind. Oh, Hashem. Yeah. Somebody had a lot of kavana on Mashi Varuach, I'll tell you that much, yeah? You know, so when, oh, you go from a chamsin, there's going to be a chamsin soon. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. We go from like heat waves to storms to, you know, Baruch Hashem. I came here for the weather. No, I don't care for the weather, you know? Although people who live here, we get used to it, like everything else. I was in Phoenix, Arizona. The temperature in the summer gets over 120 degrees. I said, how do you live here? They said, it's a warm heat. To dry heat, excuse me, to dry heat. <laughs> a guy I was with says, Oh, then I don't mind going to Gehenna as long as it's not humid. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> dry heat, you know? I went, I went down to speak in Boca Raton, Florida, in between Hurricane Ivan and Janine. Both <laughs> places, there's a devastation, one hurricane after another. I said, How do you people live down here? They said, What do you mean, the weather? <laughs> so wherever you are, Chazal tell us, wherever you are, you'll make, it, you'll make it into that it's something wonderful, that it's a good place for you. Yeah? But why do people live here? For the falafel, you know? You know, for the, for the ample parking, you know? Why do people come here? Anybody who comes to Eretzvel from Chutzlaretz, it's for one thing, it's because they want more Ruchnius in their lives. There is no other reason. And it's not easy. This is not an easy country. I'm almost here 30 years. It's not easy. You know? And you leave behind family, and you leave behind your, your, the language. Leave everything behind. Leave behind everything you know and everything you're comfortable with. And, and you have no protexia. Now, it's very often things work with protexia. That's, if you don't know the word in English, it's called corruption. But um, <laughs> here where they call protexia, in America you go to jail for it, you know. It's like, you know. I'm supposed to go in on public health to get an operation, but I get pushed aside because somebody's mother was friendly with the secretary and moved them ahead, and that's it. America, that's a fel- felony. But anyway, so uh, you come in and you're nothing. Chutznik, uh, you know. Uh, but we come for only one reason, because of the Kedusha. Somebody said something to me so beautiful. He'd been living here for many years when I came. He said, in America, we bring a kid up to be a firm Jew. I want to be a firm Jew. Beautiful. A Torah Jew. So in Eretzel, you in Yerushalayim, you bring a kid up to be a Kadosh. You bring a kid up to be a Taha. We have a whole different Shayifas of what we want. So that things that people have already given up on, people already said, forget it. Genug, we lost the battle. Here in Yerushalayim, it's sensitivities. That's all it is, is we're dealing here, taking it to a different level, because that's why we came here. So, so what's the issue? 
That's the issue. I'm talking outside, talking outside, not doing it inside, you know. And uh, that guy over there is on his not smartphone. I'm smart. I have a smartphone. My phone's smarter than his phone. So I should be penalized because I have such a smartphone. <laughs> his phone's stupid. It's okay. You can talk at it, you know. <laughs> I, I want to tell you something unbelievable. They did a study of a thousand college students around the world, not Jews. And they took them off of their technology for one week. They weren't allowed to use anything. Nothing. Yeah? And they found that they had the same withdrawal symptoms as a person coming off of cocaine or uh, heroin. They went through mamish withdrawal. Ad kedekach. That it's not usually by Unza mentioned, but this is already a phenomenon in, in America. They have a term called half Shabbos. I keep Shabbos, but I text. They can't stop. They can't stop. You know how many people have been in accidents, serious accidents, because they they're texting when they're driving. They can't. They can't help. They can't help. I, I can't stop. I push. I can't stop. I really can't. And it's something that takes us over. <coughs> I don't know if this is. I, I'm. I'm. I'm in a. In a base measure of chashuvim, I I govern by balabatim. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know. It's the only way I can look religious. But, uh, you know, you, you, you dive by certain people. I don't know if you've ever seen this. The mom's in the middle of Shtilish Manasseh, and they go like this. How about Hashem? They didn't answer it. I've been in ones where they answer it. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. But this, he's just checking. Hold on, Coach Baruch, it could be there's somebody more important than you calling me. Ah, no, Baruch Hashem. You're still safe. <laughs> What's my Havamina? I gotta go look at my phone to see who's calling me when I'm talking to that coach Baruch Hu? Let me see this. I don't think it's because people are bad. I think that people get addicted. They don't know how to stop. Now, how hard it is to have a conversation with somebody who has a, who has a, I'm not even talking about a smartphone. It's just a regular cell phone. It starts ringing and they just, they have to check. They have to check. See who it is. For years, I got away with not having a cell phone. For years. My wife was pressuring me terribly because my wife really wanted me to get a cell phone. I said, why should I get a cell phone? She goes, that way people could get a hold of you anywhere at any time. I said, no, let's go over this again. Why should I have a cell phone? <laughs> I understand why I shouldn't have a cell phone because then people can't get a hold of me anywhere at any time. Because, you know, leave a message and I'll call you back, you know. You have to get a hold of me. This, right, the, so someone says, that might be an important call. I said, well, you think the president's calling up to ask my advice? We're not sure if we should go into Iran or not. What's your opinion? I want to hear from Yorolovsky before I do anything, you know. No one's calling me. And, and the emphasis is, I was driving on Kvish Echad, coming back from the airport with my mother, and my car broke down in the middle of the highway. So I'm running across lanes of traffic to try to find a, a payphone. <laughs> At that point, I couldn't stand up to my mother. My, my wife, I could stand up to my mother. She made me get it. I can say roughly between 98 and 99% of the calls that I get or I make are worthless. They're useless. Okay, maybe one in a hundred is something that I really need a cell phone for. But otherwise, well, people get addicted to it. I have to have it. I don't know anybody here by their kids. I don't know if you have this by kids. Kids say, you have to have a cell phone today. You have to. I said, you realize that for most of world history, mankind did not have a phone. Nothing. You sent a letter. I came to learn here in Eretz in 1975. Yeah? I gave it away. Anyway, we had aerograms. You wrote the aerogram? Yeah. 
tried to get it to close. You mailed it. Took two weeks to get to America. Two weeks to get an answer. It was a month later. You don't remember what you said. You don't know what they're answering. You know. <laughs> now people have these instant messages. And they're like, you know, send a message, and a minute later they they're very upset. They write in capitals. Why aren't you answering me? I wrote you a minute ago. <laughs> I read the same week that the Gedolei Torah came out against. Um, uh, cell phones and they push for kosher cell phones and everything I saw an article in psychology today <coughs> I used to dabble in psychology yeah I, I never actually have any formal training in it but uh, I like to be able to throw around terms to people so when a person says to me I'm, I'm a psychologist I say how does that make you feel <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so I like to stay up with what's going on you know what I mean so so this uh so this uh, same week, an article came out and said that kids today are not able to grow up because of cell phones. So it's psychology today did a study. And they said, you can see a kid on campus calling their mommy as they're walking from class to class. They, 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 can't, they can't stop. So, so, okay, the technology is very bad, but I want you to know, there's levels of technology. There's levels of technology. Yeah? I don't know where everybody's coming from. I grew up in a different world, a different time, you know, and when we had our first child in 1982. And uh, back then, you couldn't just have a baby. For many years, you just had a baby. And like my father, all you had to do was stand outside and pace. Every now and then you'd say, any news? No, that was it. That's all that a father is really capable of doing, you know. They came up with this great chat that the husband should go in there while his wife is in labor and convince her that she's not in pain. And the divorce rate shot up to 60%, for no surprise, you know. She says, I want, I want, um, I want uh, you know, drugs. No, 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 breathe, you know. This is good. When you get your heart surgery, I'm going to tell the doctor the same thing. Yeah, he doesn't need anything. Just tell him to breathe through it, you know. But, uh, you know, but one of the things they told us is that they hook a woman up to a monitor so you can watch the contractions. <laughs> <laughs> which is a brilliant thing, because, you know, so the women are sitting there screaming, I'm having a contraction. The husband says, look, look at that, there's a contraction. Because <laughs> he sees it on the screen, you know what I mean? He'd much rather watch it on the screen, yeah? The more exciting it is, the more people watch it. I was just in shul um, two days ago, three days ago. And a guy says to me, you have to see this video. He's got a, he's got a smartphone. I, it wasn't a bad video, you know. There was a 60-car pile-up on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. There was a whiteout. And someone had a video of just like car after car coming smashing into each other. Mustama, if he would have told me it, I would have understood it too. But you want to watch it. You want to see it, you know. We know this already. There's no point in going to a chasana anymore. The photographer takes over the whole thing. He stands in front, he's there with all his equipment. The only chance you have of seeing the chuppah is if you go to the little camera on the side, you can look inside and see what's going on, you know. But they're in charge of everything. I was an 80 Kedushin, the guy wouldn't let me watch. <laughs> he pushed me off, you know. I kept trying to push my way back in and he told this guy to keep me down, you know. I was like, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm part of the party, you know. But, uh, you know, take it over. People watch. My daughter's... Can I know her than Bezyakov? When they have an Asefa now, instead of just having a person speak, they show a video. Sometimes of the same person who's standing there speaking. Because people will faster watch another video than they'll pay attention to the person standing right in front of them. Because it's Mosheikh 
That's the problem. That's why when we have to give it up, it's so hard. So a person goes out on their cell phone and they go to talk in the, in the lobby. Who really cares what they're saying? <laughs> Occasionally you hear your name mentioned, so you listen in. You know what I mean? Like, you know? But for the most part, you know, you really care. You know, he's calling up somebody. He's going to buy oil. He's going to sell oil. Oil is going up. Oil is going down. So he spoke to Putin. Putin spoke to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia spoke to Iraq. Iraq spoke to America. It's going up. It's going down. Who knows what? It doesn't make a difference. I'll let you know. If I buy oil, then you know it's going to go down. That's how it works. <laughs> There are people who call me to find out when I'm changing money. You're changing money? Because I'll wait till tomorrow. Because I know. As soon as you go, it goes down. That's it, you know? That's my mazel, yeah? So, so yeah. But the person's got a smartphone. You get to see something. It pulls you away. Why do you think they do this? Why do you think in fancy buildings, they put a big mirror next to the elevator? Because as long as a person can look at themselves, they don't care that there's no elevator. <laughs> but it's more than that. You go to a doctor's office, they have a TV over there. Yeah? And uh, there are people who say, you know, he comes to my tour, he says, I'm in the middle of the show, you go. You go. But you're bleeding. I know, it's okay. You just, you're good. Uh. <laughs> I want to see the end. Of <laughs> 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 Dove Kreisworth told me, I, he was talking with, with Tversky, Hasidische. he was a Litvisher, and he says, he says, I was coming back on the plane, I couldn't believe it. 90% of the Hasidische Bachman were, were, were watching movies on the plane. 10% were learning Daf Yaimi, 90% were watching the movies. So Tversky says, yeah, well 100% of the Litvisher Bachman were watching movies. I said, that's because for them it's a bigger design to learn Daf Yaimi than it is to watch the... <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, you know? But come on, you know, you see it all the time. You see it all the time. You know? Uh, sometimes you see people, they don't actually put it on, but they're watching the screen of the other guy. <laughs> luckily, luckily, he's got the subtitles. <laughs> so I'm not going to go and put on the earphones, you know? But when you see something, it's Moshech you. So a person goes and uses this outside. Someone told me a story. In the base Medrash, a kid was sitting, you know, waiting for Shmona you know, he finished. And he's watching a video. Yeah, he's watching, watching something on his smartphone. And there was a chassidish boy next to him watching. A little kid. He's watching. Because given the choice, most people will watch a video, watch something going on. It's something more. I, 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 I want to bring this in so you understand. I don't think anybody, yeah, in this space, Medrash, if their wife needed them, She'd come into the base medrash. I don't. I don't think it's such a possibility. How would you feel if she came into the hallway? No, she didn't go into the base medrash. She just came in to talk to her husband. She's standing there in the base medrash. I don't know. You think that's okay? You know, there's a, there's a law out out in the real world. Yeah, there are places you're not allowed to smoke. And if you're not allowed to smoke, you can't smoke in the hallways. You can't even smoke in the doorway. You know, in Israel, they have this rule in stores. And you're not allowed to smoke. So a guy stands marching in the doorway, <laughs> blows it into the store, you know. So he'll have it for later, you know. <laughs> you know, in America, there's a law. You have to be a certain distance away from the door. Because it's mashpia on the whole place, on the whole building. And everybody who's there. So, I have to tell you. We live in a world where there are terrible, terrible problems. And we understand we're living in a world that 
these problems have terrible consequences. Yeah? Big, big people have said that, you know, Chaim Kanievsky told a group of Talmidim last summer, Mashiach is not coming, he's outside the door knocking. We're mamish, we're so close. We're so close. And the Duras who went before us did most of the Avoda. And our Avoda is small, but it's very hard. It's very hard. Because those of you who are from my door and you remember before there were cell phones, when, when the only telephone was wired into the wall, and if you wanted to make it a portable phone, you just got a long cord, you know, so you can carry it around with you, and then it got all twisted up and you had to stand like this, you know, like, you know. And that was it. And it was okay. And people spoke, and people this. There's a fellow, I don't know if he wants his name mentioned, but he runs a, se- a seminary. And he says, I used to give a, a class, and the girls would get all shaken up, and they'd walk out of the class, and they were arguing, they were fighting. He says, now I give a class, doesn't matter how good it is. They walk out, pull out their cell phones, call somebody else, that's over. I see couples go out to eat. He's talking on his cell phone to one, she's talking on his cell phone to somebody else. It's beautiful. Me and my wife are sitting there. Everybody's talking on their phones. You know? I'm trying to get the waitress, but she's on her phone. You know? So I got her number. Oh, it's table nine. You think maybe you can make your way over here? <laughs> because what can you do? It's become the society. So there's two things that we can do. We can do what everybody else has done and give up. Give up. It's an unbelievable story. It's an unbelievable story. This guy's walking along the beach. And he sees that these starfish get washed up on the beach. Starfish can only live in water. Take them out of the water, they die, they dry up, it's over. So he's picking up the starfish and he's throwing them back in the water. So a guy sees him and says, what are you doing? He says, well, if you don't put the starfish back in the water, they'll drown. He says, but there's tens of thousands of starfish on this beach alone. And this is happening on beaches all around the world. You can't make a difference. And he picks up another one and throws it in and says, made a difference to him. I can't change the world. I can't. I'd like to believe I could. Everyone knows what Rousseau Salante says, when I was younger, I thought, uh, I just have to tell a story. <laughs> Chaim Kreisworth was speaking at the Agudah Convention. This is Moshe Shor. Shor was in charge. And, uh, and he handed him a petek. He said, Nochah finif minute. So he took the, put it in his pocket, went on for another 20 minutes. When he was done, he says, now I have a hush of a message here from Moshe Sher. Okay! <laughs> After that, he used to turn off the microphone. <laughs> Didn't matter who was speaking. Time came, just took it off. You know? yeah, it was no sense of humor. But anyway, but um, um, so uh, uh, that's it. Most people have given up already. You know what, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. This is our door. This is where we are. That's how things are. And a lot of people give it up. I understand. I understand. It's, it's an unbelievable situation. We wish we could turn back the clock. I know a base medrash, a yeshiva. They bought a cell phone blocker. And they put it on top of the roof. And no cell phone works anywhere within the yeshiva and Dalilamas. You know, it extends out. <laughs> you get a nice strong one, you know. He says, when I saw the kids talking on their phones, Madach, when I saw the Rebbeim, <laughs> you know, that's, that was too much already, you know? So everyone's given up. Everyone's given up. And I, I can't speak for the whole world. I don't get to speak everywhere. 
I'm going to Australia in, uh, after Pesach. So that's almost the whole world. Yeah? I got a letter for, from a person in Manila, which is in the Philippines. It says, could you include me in my, your next Asian tour? So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going through Asia. <laughs> China and Japan and Vietnam, you know what I mean? I'll make sure and stop off in Manila. So um, I'm going to Australia. I've been around a lot of places. I can't tell you what's happening everywhere. Yeah? But I can tell you that there's a kehila in Yerushalayim that says we don't want to compromise. For us. What we can't, we have to let everybody else set the agenda because everybody else decided we have to do it. Trust me. Trust me. Bracha you'll have for sure. Good things you'll have for sure. You don't have to worry. What are you worried is going to happen? If I take another, uh, be honest. How many calls have you missed in the course of your lifetime that have really made a major cho- a difference in your life? You know? When you think about it. You, 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 usually you can get by. And now you have messages, you can get things, you can hold things on. It's not even like you have to wait for, you know, that the person came to knock on the door and, and, and they didn't see you. My, uh, my, my wife got a p- new uh, passport for my youngest son, you know. The guy came to deliver it to the, to the house. I couldn't get to the door fast enough, you know. As I get there, he was writing out a petek for the, for the doya that I should go down to the post office and pick it up. So, okay. It wasn't like, that's it, you didn't answer the door. Now, that's it, no more darkon, I'm taking it away, you're, you're finished. Yeah. You know, how, how many times are there? Um, you know the Gemara, everybody knows the Gemara. That uh, the Telemurim are learning, and one of them says, oh, it's time for Mincha, and he jumps up. And the other one says, this is what it means when it says, that you, that you jump up from your learning. But he has to go down Mincha. He's right, right? He has to go down Mincha. How do you... To Nunim. Right? To separate. I mean, Pa'anias la Pa'anias. What was one of the Pa'anias? Barach. Ketino Kamebesa Sefer. That's how they left Arsina. But Hashem said, go. The Anan was going. What was I supposed to do? He says... You have to pick yourself up with the cracks. I can't just, I can't just walk away. I can't just walk away. So I get a phone call. I get a phone call. I'm going back to the ancient days when, when there were only phones. There were no cell phones, no answering machines, no anything. No, no call or ID. There's nothing. You get a phone call. If you didn't answer it, you had no idea who called, and that was it. Yeah. So I was talking with somebody, and the phone rings. And, and the person I'm talking to is going like this. And finally he says... It's the phone. I said, yeah. She says, you'll miss the call. I said, so? I'm talking to a real live human being. Why would I stop that to talk to somebody else on the phone? I said, when they came up with call waiting, call waiting was brilliant. You're talking to somebody, and they say, um, someone's calling. It could be they're more important than you. So let me check to see who it is. <laughs> and they leave you on hold for like uh, five minutes. And they go, yeah, yeah, he was more important than you. <laughs> So he says, no, you don't have to pick up the phone. If the person calls, they'll get a signal that they'll know that you're on the phone. I said, right, they have something like that. It's called a busy signal. You know what I mean? You call up, you know the person's on the phone. You know, you call back later, you know. I mean, it's the phone. I went into a butcher before Yantif. The line was out the door. And every time the phone rang, he picked up the phone and took, a, and took an order. So help me, I walked outside to the pay phone. I called in my order. I said, well, we'll be ready, fine, you know. I waited outside, I came in, I picked it up, I went through the whole line, picked up my order and walked out. 
How could it be that a real person is, is not as important to you as this phone call? How could it be? What's, what, what, who's calling you? You know? So, okay, your wife is expecting, you know, she, she might need you to take her to the, to the hospital, you know, or, or even worse, watch the kids while she goes to the hospital, you know what I mean? You know, whatever the case may be. I don't know why she can't take them with him, but uh, okay, but you know. So, okay, so we need to say a guy has a phone. I have to know, I have to know what's going on. I can look at the, the number, you know. But uh, every phone call, everybody calls, everybody, anybody has a thing, they have first dibs of my time, I'm sitting in the base medrash. I have to run outside? Okay, you, you just figured out, oil dropped, oil went up, I'm about to make a million dollars, I want to give it to the, uh, you know, I want to give it to the base medrash, I want to give it to the shul, I want to give it to Ania Yisrael, I manage, I have to run out, mitzvah, what can I do, you know? It's okay. It's an amazing concept. The Chazal tell us that one of the purposes of the man was to teach you self-control. You know, I asked somebody, I said, how many, how many meals does your kids eat a day? He said, one. So really? It starts when they wake up, it ends when they go to sleep. And then, every the whole day, they're munching on something, they're chewing on something, they got a little pickle over here, they got, everybody's walking around with food the whole day. So you used to get the man, you ate in the morning, you ate at night, so it taught you a certain sense of discipline. You know? Everyone knows the story, Yeshiva Kelm. Yeshiva Kelm, that they used to have a five-minute Seder. Five minutes. Learn for five minutes, stop. So learn discipline. You know? Leva Leo, he, he, he learned by Kelm. He was waiting for an Egged bus to uh, take him to Hadassah for an operation. And it was delayed, whatever reason. You know? And everybody's sitting there going, where's the bus? What's going on? What's going on? What's the bus? And when it was happening, it was, oh, what's happening? You know? and he's sitting there learning. And finally, it was getting really late. He missed his, his operation already. He looks up the road and says, Ay, the Alt of Kelm would have been so disappointed. So little self-control. I have to. I have to. In 1980-something, I was in America, there was the big vinegar scandal. There was one of the good hashkochas. They gave a hashkocha on this vinegar that was coming from France. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it turns out that it was no good. <laughs> and all the Heimische products used it. And uh, so they, the OU set up a, a vinegar hotline. You can find out about the vinegar. Set. So I spoke to a mashkiach. I said, what happened? He says, I'll tell you what happened. It used to be that a kid was hungry. Now a kid is starving. They come home, they say, Mom, I'm starving. They throw open the refrigerator, it's bursting. There's nothing to eat. You want some microwave popcorn? It takes too long. You know, we used to make a pan with oil and put it in. I don't want to sound like anybody's uh, Zayda over here, but you know, we used to sit here and put it in and you have to wait for it to pop. And you know, and, you know it was like the old days. You know, now you're microwaving it in a bag, it takes three minutes, it's too long. I saw a great sign. It said, God grant me patience and give it to me now. (laughs) So we have to answer the phone and we have to do it in the chutzah and we can't step outside or we can't wait till afterwards to get the phone call. What's going to happen? So I'll tell you the truth. If you ask me, is this the most pressing problem in Clydesville today? I'll tell you the truth. Probably not. But it's the difference between... 98%, 99%. 98%, 99%. It's a difference for the Mavakshim. It's a difference for the people who are mischareid uh, l'dvar Hashem. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a question of what kind of a lifestyle do I want? What kind of a base measure do I want? I'll tell you a terrible story. 
I have a whole collection of them. But uh, this girl's going out with a boy, and she says he wants to watch movies. And I told her I don't think it's right to go to movies. We'll get a video player uh, with a monitor in the house. Shows you how old the story is, you know. We'll watch movies there. And I said, let me get this straight. You hold that watching movies is so bad that you won't do it in a movie theater, so you're going to take this, this, this trafus and bring it into your house to do it? Your house is a Malcolm Kardash. When Yitzchak uh, was looking for a shidduch, Eliezer says, Psh, for the flows. The water came up to meet her, and Kvitsa Saderech, and this and that, and such a balasmida, such wonderful things, and on and on. And he says, let's see when she walks into the house, if you see the nisim of the base of Mikdash. That's what I want in a wife. Yeah? I want my home to be a makam kadash. Yeah? There is a... We all recorded in Adam Gadol. He didn't say who it was. But he says, you should always speak a different language in your house than you speak on the street. The kids should know that this is not the street. That's why I moved to Israel, because I can only speak English. I have no other language. So, you know, if I want to make it different than what they do in the street, it was either Euro or you go to Manila. But, uh, you know, on my next Asian tour. But uh, you have to make a decision. Right? Uh, what do I want? And if, if I want it in my home, Allah has kama kama. With this I'll end. What Yitzhak Isaac Sher says, this week's parasha, says you'll put up the Mishkan right at the end of the parasha, just before the Mizbech Hazav. V'yadatam, k'nei Hashem, l'kech m'shem, say something, Mitzrayim, you'll know I took you out of Mitzrayim. Says with Yitzhak Isaac, I don't understand. Moshe showed them the, uh, the Osos. It says they believed. They stand by the Yamsuf. Everybody points. They stand at Harsinai. Now, now you're going to know. So he says, a Yediyah is something that comes and it goes. The only place you can keep the Yediyah all the time is in, your, is in the Mishkan and the base of Mikdash. And we don't have that, he writes. All we have today is the Mikdash Ma'at. The way we treat the shul, the chashivas that we have, is the way we're going to have a das of what the emes is in a world that's gone crazy. The world is mamish crazy. There's nothing. There's nothing anymore that, that, that there's a semblance of, of, of normalcy and, 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 uh, and morality in the world. All that's left is Klai Yisrael. And within Klai Yisrael... It's just the from community. And within the from community, you can't compare Yerushalayim. And in Yerushalayim, there's one base medrash where 400 people, and they couldn't get to everybody, so uh, you have to be Michael, yeah, signed that we want our Mikdash Ma'at to be even on a higher level than every place else. Because we're not ready to be Mavater. We're going to try to save what's left of Klai Yisrael so that we can be Zaychet to go be'emes as, as, as Klai Yisrael and Timos Mashiach. Shkayach.